is Sex Ed Debunked, a cross-generational podcast hosted by mother-daughter duo, Christine and Channing Curley, where we talk about all the things we learned or didn't learn in sex ed and where it all went wrong. From the abstinence curriculum to the monogamy myth and the vast spectrum of rainbow representation, we'll get real about sex positivity and catch you up on everything from proper anatomy to the holistic benefits of a great sex life. Tune in to Sex Ed Debunked wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us at Sex Ed Debunked on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, and welcome to Sex Ed Debunked, a cross-generational podcast about sex positivity, sexual health, and why fake it till you make it is bad advice in bed. Extremely bad advice for so many reasons. So many reasons. Let's see if we can name some, Shannon. <laughs> hey, uh, let's see. Your partner won't know that you're faking it and will think you're having a good time. AKA when Harry met Sally. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good throwback reference. Well, you know, how do you know? Well, I know. I know. <laughs> yes. For those of you who haven't seen When Harry Met Sally, great movie, old movie. It's about, well, I mean, kind of it's about a couple of friends who everyone says can't be friends because men and women can't be friends with each other. But there is a iconic scene in When Harry Met Sally where uh, Harry is absolutely adamant that uh, a woman has never faked an orgasm with him. And Sally says, well, how do you know? <laughs> He's like, I know. I know. I know. Because I know. <laughs> and then she proceeds to... Uh, in, in the middle of a diner, demonstrate just how a woman would, in fact, fake an orgasm, which leads to the equally iconic moment where an older woman in the diner looks over at her while she's faking an orgasm and, and says, goes, I'll have what she's having. Look it up on YouTube. Look it up. It's <laughs> worth it's worth looking up the clip. So, yes, uh, people, your partner won't know, much like Harry, your partner won't know that you're faking it and will think you're having a good time. Um, you're also missing out on an opportunity to actually communicate successfully with your partner and communicate your sexual agency and like have a good sexual experience. Yes. Yes. And assuming you wanted an orgasm, which as we know is not the only goal of sex. But if you did want one, you most likely won't get there if you're faking it. Um, and the more you fake it, the less chance you will make it. <laughs> <laughs> more fake, less make. So as time goes on, it gets harder, uh, more difficult to fess up. And <laughs> to say harder, but you know, it's not appropriate here. But it does. It does because you've you've had this ruse go on for so long. So it becomes more difficult to finally say, hey, all those times you thought it was really good. <laughs> Remember for me, when? Yeah. Not so much. Um, which leads to me to ask you a question, Shannon. Oh, um, that's a scary transition. But OK, <laughs> thanks. Do women in same sex relationships fake orgasms? Oh, I would say faking orgasms transcends all relational dynamics. <laughs> so the number one reason why we fake it? Well, for sure, because you don't want to disappoint your partner. Um, and, and that is actually something that came out in my research when I interviewed women age 21 yeah, to I mean, 52. Women <laughs> probably more than anyone just feel bad when it doesn't go yeah. the right way. Yeah, they do. And feeling bad that if they speak up, their partner will feel bad that they were doing something wrong. And the second reason? Uh, you want it to be over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And which, which, okay, you know, it's not the greatest reason, but, but sometimes legitimately you've had a good time and you're just not going to. And you're exhausted. Yeah. You're yeah. like, that was fun. And let's just like, you know, go to, like, go to sleep now. <laughs> right. Like I watched an hour of the movie. There's 30 minutes left, but like, I'm tired. Let's go to bed. Well, and then I'll watch the rest tomorrow. The real problem with that, right, is that your partner didn't know that you faked it or why. And you, instead, wouldn't it be a little better to just say, you know what, that was felt really good. I'm not going to 
have an orgasm and that's perfectly fine. I mean it. Let's go to bed now and cuddle. <laughs> right. But like when you fake it, it's like when you tell someone that you like a meal that they cook and they oh. just have to keep eating it every time they make it because they're like, it's your favorite. <laughs> and you're like, good God. No, it's not. Please get a dog so I can feed this food to it. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's not your favorite, please tell your partner. Please tell your partner. Your partner. <laughs> so, so today's myth is takes really two aspects. Um so first myth is, and I think based on conversations with younger folk, um, this might be more applicable to the younger generations, is that there is no longer an orgasm gap. First myth. There is. Second myth is that the orgasm gap means that women simply don't orgasm as much as men. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so first things first, though, um, we've mentioned this in, I think we mentioned this in an episode last semester, but just to recap, what is the orgas orgasm gap and what does it refer to? Well, it was coined um, by researchers to explain the difference in orgasm rates in couples um, and primarily, primarily heterosexual couples. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, once again, let's do some history. History lesson. Uh, research in sexuality and sexual response started with examining men mm -hmm. and then comparing women to the men. Great. So um, once again, we talk about Kinsey because they were the original researchers on human sexuality and the men and the women. And what they said was um, it must be emphasized that orgasm is not the sole criterion of determining the degree of satisfaction and that men and women research um, reach orgasm differently. But that's all we're going to say and we're not going to try to figure out why. <laughs> like, <laughs> orgasm isn't the only way that females are satisfied, but we're not interested in finding out the other ways. Nope. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right. Basically, as long as men are getting there, it doesn't matter how how or if women do. Cool. Not so cool. Um, in fact, tell uh, me the feminists came along. Feminists came along. Oh um, <laughs> and uh, Simone de Beauvier, that's groundbreaking feminism, the second sex. Yeah. Sa sad title right I there. I know, right? Um, but she called it out as women always being defined and positioned with reference to men. Mm -hmm. um, and meaning that everybody studied men and not women and, you know, that really sucks. Mm, ugh. Cool. So uh, <laughs> what happened? Cool. Thanks, science. Is that the research became focused on orgasm and rates of orgasm in men and women. And they showed, are you ready for this? I'm, yes, buckled in, ready. Let's do it. And this is, this is the facts on the ground. 2019 Archives of Sexual Behavior study of... 52,000 <laughs> few great okay. adult Americans aged 18 to 65 mean age 37 so we're not talking about older folks we're talking about a whole range okay then did include heterosexual men heterosexual women bisexual men bisexual women gay men gay women and the finding was this is this is madness. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. 95% of heterosexual men had an orgasm during sexual activity. Well, that's fine. What about the women? <sighs> heterosexual women were at the very, very bottom of the pile. Only 65% of heterosexual women reported having orgasm during sexual activity. <sighs> So, <laughs> well, I guess that tells us that the myth that there's no orgasm gap is indeed a myth. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I'll tell you, the myth here is really, it's, it is largely associated with heterosexual um, partnered sex um, because gay men, 89% cool. orgasmed. Bisexual men, 88%. Cool. Lesbian women, 86%. Whoop, whoop. So... What about bisexual women? Well, actually, bisexual women were closer to heterosexual women. <laughs> and why do you think that <laughs> is? Well, mm, perhaps that the bisexual women were engaging <laughs> in sex with men. Mixed sex intercourse. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. So um, sorry to report that despite popular um, beliefs to the contrary, <laughs> the orgasms gap is it's still real, real. It's alive. Real thing. Yeah. Mind the gap. Got it. So why do you think? Uh... I mean, I think most folk would be inclined to think it's a penis problem or a penetration problem. Mm, think a little more. Think a little more. Um, an anatomy problem. An so, anatomy problem. Oh, God. <laughs> we're right back to the first two episodes of this podcast and the lack of information. There's no information, no accurate information about sexual anatomy and specifically the vulva. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. <laughs> so um, the same study from 2017 that talked about the orgasm gap said there wasn't a gap and women reported being satisfied during heterosexual if. sex if there was more oral stimulation, more deep kissing, more manual stimulation, and overall more communication. Right. Um, so those are some recommendations to, you know, reduce that orgasm gap, um, which we'll talk more in detail later. But as sad as and unfortunate as it is, um, a fair amount of women do not understand female anatomy as well. <laughs> right. No, that's actually a really important distinction, too, is that it's not we're not just like, boo, men don't look at female anatomy. Women also females also ignore their own anatomy. And they also don't realize that when they're talking about. Um, the clitoris, the clitoris is more than just the head. There's mm -hmm. clitoral legs, clitoral bulbs, and a whole area of, of stimulation. <laughs> Have you <No>. seen the, <laughs> the meme that says the clitoris has 8,000 nerves? If you're going to get on one of them, please get, get on, on that one. <laughs> I have, and I, uh, many have shared that with me. <laughs> I love it. And 8,000, and, and that's the only purpose, which is a beautiful thing. The clitoris has one purpose, sexual pleasure. That's it. That. So we, we're rocking and rolling. Um, but <laughs> here's another sad fact about the orgasm so gap. many sad facts. 20, Hashtag sad facts. 20% of women report never. Like never, never? Never, never. Reaching orgasm during sexual activity with a partner compared to 2% of men. Nice. And here's Yikes. another one. Three out of four women... 75% state that they cannot reach orgasm through penetration alone. Whereas 30% of men believe penetration is the best way for women to reach orgasm. Oh, no. That is not favorable math. And that math explains why there's still an, an orgasm, orgasm gap. gap. Okay. So... Moving on to the next myth. <laughs> Since that one's pretty clear. Pretty clear. Pretty clear. So the next myth is that the reason for the orgasm gap is that women 
just don't orgasm as frequently as men. What a lazy excuse. Well, <laughs> it just gonna, doesn't happen. We're going to blame yes, it does. We're going to blame Freud again. I love I love blaming <laughs> Freud. It's so, one of my favorite pastimes. Apart from the whole thing about penis envy, <laughs> we're going to blame Freud. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. <laughs> it is. And you know, we'll just like deviate for a second that Karen Hornay, who was a mentor of Freud, actually said it was all about womb envy because men can't create. So now they have to say, well, it's about the penis. Ugh, right. So um, a bunch Freud, of empty vessels. Now, we kind of we kind of gave some props to Freud in the last episode. We can give Freud the credit for looking at pleasure as inherent in sexuality and going beyond, you know, just sex for reproduction. However, however, he did put above all on a pedestal. Um, pleasure as orgasm, and specifically male ejaculation. Cool, 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 um, cool, cool, and cool. he uh, and he positioned women as saying, first of all, one, you are inferior to men because you don't have a penis. <laughs> Noted. And second, if women could not reach orgasm through sexual penetration, they were sexually immature, uh-huh. damaged psychologically, nice and frigid. So, oh, that's great. That's victim blaming, but okay. <laughs> Yes. Freud is like truly the OG symbol of male entitlement. Yeah. And and so he started it all. So we know who to blame. Um, which is not to say that the orgasm gap is about bashing men. That's We're not, not trying, what trying to bash to men. Here. I've only ever burned one bra. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens is the facts and the history of sexual research and sexuality tells us in psychology and sexuality research that men and their pleasure were more important and more important than women's pleasure. Um, and women's pleasure simply was not on the radar for a really, really long time. <sighs> <laughs> Pour one out for women who never orgasmed in their entire lives. Um, and also, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you know by now that our message is sexual pleasure for all, for all genders, for all relationships, for, for all folks. So thanks for nothing, Freud. But we're going to circle back to the myth that women are not as orgasmic as men. Ready? Bullshit. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> now, so some people have said, oh, this this gap is about biology. It's about anatomy. It's about phys physiologically that, quote, women's bodies are simply not designed to have orgasm at the same frequency as men. Cop out. It is. Because it's not true. Because sexual surveys hey, about- hey, we have research. We have research. We, we do. Research. We I do. When we have research. Women who self-pleasure. Women who masturbate. They can reach orgasm on average four minutes. <laughs> on average. And on average, take that. <laughs> take that. And let's touch some more research. So, the classic research, very classic research from the 1990s, um, found that 60% of women could sexually almost always orgasm when masturbating, compared to only 29% during partnered sex. Yikes. In another classic study, we talked about Cher Height in our mm -hmm. last episode. She reported, and remember, she actually interviewed women. Right. 95% of women in her sample in her study who masturbated reached orgasm easily and regularly. Take that. Freud. So now let's go. Let's go cross culturally. In an even more recent study, 2013, looking at 3,500 Portuguese women, 92% of women who masturbated were able to reach orgasm. So, 
It's not that women aren't able to orgasm. <laughs> Seems like they're doing just fine on their own. And when I say on their own, I mean on their own. Yes. <laughs> so the bottom line here is women who know their bodies and have taken the time to realize that they have a right and entitlement to explore their bodies and explore their self-pleasure are highly orgasmic. Well, and they've taken the time to learn their bodies. And that's the important distinction here is we're not saying, clearly we're not saying it's impossible for partnered couples to get there together, but you do have to care about the anatomy. You do. And and so like the research studies show that sadly, these, these women, and now we're talking about a broad sample of women reporting 90%, 95% reaching orgasm on their own are not reaching orgasm in partnered sex. So... Um, Doing a lot of independent studies, but not a lot of group projects. So in 2020, and, and this one I'm definitely going to have you link so people can read it because it's a, it's, it's a 2020 study. It was this, It's what they call literature review. And three female researchers looked at the existing research out here on the orgasm gap mm-hmm. and looked to challenge this this conception, this total misconception that it's anatomy and or biology and that there's an issue. And what they did is they, they synthesized 20 plus studies that are out there and looked at all of the data and looked at all of the results. And what they found was part of the reasons for this orgasm gap is culture that prioritizes penis, vaginal intercourse, PVI, prioritizes penetration over clitoral stimulation and prioritizes sexual activities that are linked to male orgasm and not female orgasm. Yes, that makes sense. It it reminds me of an episode of um, The Deuce, which was the show about the porn industry. Oh, the HBO show. Mm -hmm. That was great. Yeah, it was like the 70s, 60s, 70s in um, New York City. But there's an episode where they try to show clitoral simulation in one of the porns that they're shooting. And they're like, what's that? No, you can't do that. People don't want to see that. But it's like, how often do you see that in any kind of heteronormative script, right? Very rare. Represented in media. So, And we always say like media dictates the way that, I mean, media influences society and society influences media. So if those things are not represented, it's not shocking that that would be the cultural priority. What's every rom-com, right? Rip off the clothes, jump on a table, boom, boom, boom. Oh my God. That was great. Done. Yeah. <laughs> that's so. That's a normalization. Jump on a table, really. <laughs> and the other things that they found was that sociocultural factors, similarly to when we talked about how social cultural factors impact sexual satisfaction, it also impacts the orgasm gap because there's a women feel a lack of entitlement to pleasure. Um, that there's social scripts around how what how you act in the bedroom mm-hmm. and masculinity. And also, women report really high cognitive distractions to partner <laughs> sex. So, well, those if it's not aspects. working for them, then they're going to get distracted. Well, and they also think like, is there something wrong with me because right. it's not working for me? And well, and hi, not for nothing, but again, tracing that cultural thread. If women have been told that they are inferior and that you know there's they they cannot orgasm or that it's a problem inherent with women, then of course it's going to be a distraction of well, maybe I'm just broken, maybe it's just not working because it's. Me. Well, and and that's where there's so much research that is when it's focused on women, it tends to be, oh, there's a problem with low desire. There's a problem with low arousal. And all of that stuff is considered asexual dysfunction when the fact of the matter is women just take a little longer when they're right. with a partner. So normalize taking the time. 
Those are our recommendations. <laughs> Normalize time. <laughs> Normalize women's pleasure as a right. Normalize sexual communication. Back to episodes nine and 10. Talking about sex is sexy and your partner, should, you should tell your partner what you want. Don't fake it. <laughs> Don't fake it. Um, normalize toys and masturbation before, during, and after sexual intercourse. The research tells us that women need different kinds of stimulation. And that's all good. That's part of play. Right. And normalize learning more about that and learning more about women's sexual anatomy and how pleasure works differently for everyone, which we will talk about, of course, in future episodes. But learning is cool. Learning is important. <laughs> learning, learning leads to sexual satisfaction and closing the orgasm gap. We want to close the orgasm gap. <laughs> and and other thing is normalizing that sexual activity is a broad range of activities. And not it doesn't even have to end in intercourse. It doesn't even have to end in penetration of any kind. You know, hey, manual stimulation, awesome. Oral stimulation, awesome. <laughs> Pleasure for awesome. everyone. And And I also want to take a second and say, Normalize expanding the definition of sexual activity, not just for women, but for men. Right. Men, enjoy the whole of your body. Your whole <laughs> body deserves pleasure. Let's broaden this definition for everyone, please. Here, here. <laughs> so <laughs> in other words, we can all work together through more communication and sex education to close this orgasm gap. Mind the gap. <laughs> let's let's mind the gap and look at it and say how do we freaking close it <laughs> all right so two myths i think we dealt with today one which we very 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 much debunked is that there is no longer an orgasm gap there is y'all there really still is an orgasm gap and two the orgasm gap means women are not as orgasmic as men that is a lazy write-off and not true so we're putting two myths to bed twin beds twin beds <laughs> put to bed, put to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, thanks for tuning in. This is Sex Ed Debunked. Uh, we are here every Wednesday. Uh, follow us on the social medias on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Sex Ed Debunked. Shoot us a message if you have questions, comments, concerned at sexeddebunked at gmail.com. And as always, we appreciate you listening. Thanks. And this was a fun one. <laughs> Close the gap. Yay. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode of Sex Ed Debunked. During the course of our podcast, we have limited time together, which means that unfortunately, many identities, groups, and movements may not be represented each week. The field of sexuality and gender orientations, identities, and behaviors are changing and growing rapidly, and we remain committed to being as inclusive as possible. Please remember that all of us, including us, are learning in this area and may occasionally slip up. We ask that we all continue to be kind to one another so that we can create a truly inclusive and accepting environment. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at Sex Ed Debunked on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Sex Ed Debunked is produced by Trailblaze Media along with myself, Shannon Curley, and Christine Curley. From Trailblaze Media, our engineering is handled by Ezra Winters. Mm-hmm.